It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast. Here, set a beat. Set a beat. A beat? Yeah, like a rap beat. Right. <laughs> 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 you you can <laughs> you can put in a backing track if you want. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, we got we got we got to roll with it. We got to do that episode though. Yo, step into my spaceship, let's embark on a chase. I'm about to take you a cosmic journey throughout a space. Blasting off of Earth. Sorry, I can't keep going. <laughs> Leaving trails of fire and smoke. We're explorers of the galaxy, pushing boundaries, breaking through the yoke. Whatever that means. What, the yoke of Earth? Is the, the Earth yolk? an egg? What? Earth is egg. <laughs> I went, I went a different way with chat GPT okay, okay. here. Uh, why did the astronaut bring a ladder to space? Why? Because Not. he wanted to reach for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he had Jacob's ladder, I guess. That's a, that's that's not I, I, typical. Really. I told it to tell me a dad joke. That's not. That's, that's not, not a dad joke. some dad joke. I do have an actual dad joke for you. You want to hear it? Outer space. So the final frontier. So I don't always tell dad jokes, but when I hi everybody, when I do, yeah. he laughs. <laughs> wow, <laughs> who would have thunk? He probably wouldn't though. Your dad wouldn't laugh. He laughs sometimes. This is weird. This is a weird. Uh, Anyways, start. <laughs> welcome back to the Odd Drunk Podcast with your hosts Jackson and Colton. We are finally back after our little break. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into this, I just want to advertise for our new show. Yeah. Morning Oddities. Starring, guess what, us. And it's a short form morning show yeah. where instead of getting drunk and being, well, we're still dumb, but instead of getting drunk, we're drinking coffee and we're just hanging out for a half hour, talking a little bit of news, what's going on in our lives and just... It's just a good old time where we. It's kind of if you enjoy out. if you enjoy the tangents, and like yeah. the you know the intros like the prelude before we get into the topic here on the Odd Drunk Pod, then you might prefer Morning Oddities because it's not two hours, and it honestly makes yeah. a lot more sense because we're not inebriated and yeah and we're, we're caffeinated trying to keep it safe for work. Some curse words slipped through on this last episode that I didn't. Yeah, that was my fault. I'm I said sorry. one. I said one too. Uh, but, I, I mean, it wasn't okay. a bad one. It's, I didn't drop an f bomb. I did. Uh, did but, you? Yeah, but it's it's gonna happen <laughs> sometimes. We're, we're, we're gonna try our best. It's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could make Colton work harder, and he but, could retroactively bleep things out, and then I won't worry about being safe for work. I and, could, <laughs> but <laughs> it is easier to like, edit this. Colton the, could bleep this out. PBRs, yes. PBRs are actually not as bad as I thought. I'm not going to, though. 
Oh, then I'm not going to say it. It's pretty bad. I'm not going to say it. But you could pretend to bleep something out. All right. Now now I have to try to remember to bleep that out. And if you don't, it's going to make me look bad. Yeah. And make you look lazy. Yeah. It'll make us both look bad. It'll just just come off as like, these guys are not professional podcasters. No. What's going on? Uh, what are we doing here? Over 130 let, episodes. Let's the, let's put it this way. What the heck we're not are these guys morning doing oddities. Here? We're not aiming for safe for work. We're aiming for appropriate for in the morning. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> it's appropriate. Yeah. But you know, link we're tree, not doing that here. Though. Link in the link tree. Yeah. So if you click um, on the link tree down in the description, which the link may work or not, depending on your platform, but you can always just copy and paste the old fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, like a scrub. <laughs> but because, um, you know, right now you can do it's that. just on Spotify. It's yeah. So Morning Oddities is available on Spotify at the moment. We plan on getting it on other, other platforms, just like here at the Odd Junk Pod. But no. if you click on our link tree, it's at the very top, has a little logo and you can even get apparently you can get little um previews oh cool you can you can uh try out an episode and mm. and yeah like i said short form no longer than 30 minutes or so yeah a lot easier to listen to so if you prefer a short podcast on your commute to work through traffic or if you know just while you're doing something or while you're have making your coffee uh i are making breakfast or whatever you want to do um i i think it'd be a good choice um, obviously odd drunk pod is still the priority. That's yep. still our main gig here, but, um, just for those that want something short and sweet and still, it's still us. So, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what you're getting into. We're just expanding our horizons, yeah. our, our creative, uh, our creative palette. And, uh, no episode <laughs> has a particular theme. It's just kind of off the top of the dome, but, um, they end up might having a theme like on the last one. We talked a lot about uh, the new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. Talked about sovereign citizenship and how that's a bunch of bullshit. Yep. And <laughs> uh, some other little things. So yeah. you might hear thing us talk about more, some more serious topics, and hopefully not too serious. We'll try our best. You know, I I mean, it's we're going to cover some news here and there, but we're still not going to try to get political or anything or, you know, we're going to try to keep it uh, yeah, neutral. I don't think saying that sovereign citizenship is uh, bullshit is the most... I mean, politi- someone that was... Is, is the most politically someone extreme that would viewpoint. Con- <laughs> well, someone that would consider themselves or claim that they're a sovereign citizen would find great offense to us calling it bullshit and good. You should. Yeah. Because it is, you should be ashamed of yourself. Try that at any establishment and it won't work. Yeah. You should be embarrassed. Uh, (laughs) Anyways. So yeah, morning oddities, check that out where we drink coffee instead of alcohol. It's pretty fun because we like coffee. I like coffee quite a lot. Coffee's good. Sometimes I like mixing it with, I had at least four (laughs) cups of coffee earlier today. I had a shot of espresso, and it still hasn't wore off yet, I don't think. Yeah. Even though I only got four hours of sleep. Uh, anyways, 
Tonight, we are going to be talking about space once again. Yeah, Space 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Last time, last time we, mo we primarily focused on crazy, weird planets and terrestrial bodies, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to get into uh, more things that space has to offer and more recent discoveries and recent discoveries stuff like supernovas and black holes yeah and we're gonna get into some crazy stuff. cool scary stuff but yeah it is you know so if you don't want to have an existential crisis you might not want to listen to this episode because I when you realize the vastness of this universe and how insignificantly small we are you know my my first my <laughs> but first, it's also freeing in that way. first time I ever had an so. existential crisis. Did you life. look up one of those videos that showed the zoom out from Earth? No, <laughs> no, it was it was. I distinctly remember this was I was I was probably in like fifth grade. Did so you play Final Fantasy? Starting early, you know, and I was watching some like National Geographic documentary mm. about supernovas. And, oh, and, and how, <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, it if, could just the, if there was the life. right type of supernova that was close enough and, as in our sun and, and to be fair, which is still a four, a few billion yeah. years off from that. Yeah. And, and to be fair, there's only a handful of stars that actually are close enough to ever pose a threat if they were. Well, I have some news on that, but, um, uh, but yeah, that I, I learned about that, about how like a star could just blow up and destroy earth. And that really put me in a bad headspace for well, like you know, a few weeks. If the sun <laughs> if the sun just accelerated in its age and all its processes and fusion and stuff I don't really know about and just went supernova, it would take us eight minutes until um we we die. Yeah, we wouldn't know <laughs> for eight minutes. We would see the sun, it would be fine. Eight <laughs> minutes later, supernova we're incinerated. Yeah. Gone. We That's it. We wouldn't know for eight minutes. That's wild. So eight minutes yeah. from now. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe it's already happened and you're an uh, alien being listening to this. And if you are, uh, what kind of food do you like? What kind of drinks do you like? Yeah. yeah. That's what I know. Do you, do you like, do you like beer? Do you have some, yeah, what's do, your equivalent? Do aliens have, uh, yeah, an equivalent to beer? Right. I bet they do. I'm sure yeah. they would. Or maybe Spe they're too advanced for Speaking that. Speaking of which. They probably don't. It's time for the, the, good, old, the good old segment. As oh, I, that, as I stare, that one segment. As I stare deep into your eyes. <laughs> Are you staring deep into my beverage? I am, yeah. It's a good beverage. Um, we drink so much beer that our eyes are beer colored. <laughs> that that's no good. <laughs> that's no good, Colton. Um, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking. Since we are talking about space once again, and I'm pretty sure we've had this, maybe even for the last space episode. And by the way, in hindsight, in the last space episode, just give me one moment here. Let me look through our that was what like catalog, our, our third or fourth episode, or something like that. It was early. It's yeah. been a long time since we talked about space in any detail. It's been at least 125 episodes. The since closest then. <laughs> thing we did was something aliens, which I would like to talk more about that at some point. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, we'll try not to get into conspiracy theory territory. No, in this we're going to talk about like actual <laughs> things in space. Well, things that we know about for sure in space. Um, yeah. 
because just the crazy things that go on in space that we know about is enough to freak you out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the last time we talked about space and the aptly named title, uh, space <laughs> explanation point. Uh, this, this, episode. This six. one will be titled space with two exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we'll have to come up with something. Was on July 23rd, 20. 20 jeez extremely early wow. into this podcast. almost almost three years ago only a couple months took shy us three, of three years, years to get back to this topic wow. so if you think we're repetitive <laughs> and i know we've done our share of movie commentaries this year yeah shut up <laughs> they're easy and they're fun and you can shove it because and they get surprisingly good views <laughs> they get good views and they're <laughs> fun to do and i like movies okay yeah and you y- this is free. You don't have to listen to it. You're not getting forced uh, to listen to this. I hope not. Yeah. That'd be unless, cool. unless I sent it to you and I was like, hey, check this out. Yeah. You know who you are. I hope you're not being tied up in a basement with headphones. Getting beaten with a bag full of soap. <laughs> <laughs> what type of soap? Bar. Bar soap. Okay. Full metal jacket style. I was thinking like... As we yell like at you, body about. wash, like they just like oh, just pour the fluid body wash into a sack. I mean, I guess you could do that. Started beating you with a wet, ew, oozy. Anyway, I don't like wet oozy. What are you drinking? We, we we got distracted. <laughs> I did get distracted, uh, and I'm glad I have uh, some liquor on hand because of our tangent point thing. But uh, I'm drinking space <laughs> from uh, Ace. Cidery or whatever they're called, Ace Ciders. Yeah, uh, from I've California, a, USA. I've got I a few of Ace's stuff in here. This is they do a cool thing with this logo it's, here. It's space, but it's SP, and then in different colors. From space, Seba- right? it's from Sebastopol, California, what? which oddly sounds like Sebastopol or whatever it's called, an alien. And one of them, it's Sebastopol. Maybe it's in Sebastopol. the Alien I- Isolation. Sonoma County. Oh. Yeah. I, ca- I kind of know Sonoma County. I, Sonoma I'm not familiar County. with Sebastopol. From California Cider Co. Um, it's good. It's a blood... Well, they call it bloody orange, but it's a blood orange cider. So it's not overly sweet. It's got a little bit more bitterness because it's, it's blood tart. orange. But it's just the right amount of tart. Yeah. Just the right amount of sweet. I like ciders. And that may come as a surprise, you guys, because we haven't had them in a while. Yeah, I I enjoy them. I remember there was a there was a brief stint one summer for like a whole month that we were just drinking cider. I do that about once a summer. Yeah, it's once, a good once summer a year drink. during the summer. I just it's also a great go fall a little drink. heavier on the ciders. Yeah, late the spicy typically like late summer, like August, mm-hmm. maybe September. You know, late summer, early autumn. But yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And it's 6.9% ABV. So that's actually a pretty good bang for your buck if you're going by alcohol. Yeah, that's not bad. Content. Yeah. And 69. Yeah. Ha ha ha. We are so <laughs> funny and creative, aren't we? Yeah. Um, in What are you drinking, Colton? Well, currently I'm drinking the same thing as you because you gave me one. But um, mm-hmm. but what did but you bring? I brought a to couple cans here, one for each of us here. 
of um, the Starburst IPA from Ecliptic Brewing. Mm, we had this on the last space episode. Yeah, like a hundred years ago. And it also appeared in our beer ranking New Year's episode. It did. Um, and I recall it ranking very well in that episode. Because uh, it's a good IPA. Man, it's been so long since that yeah, one, too. I still have a beer from that episode. <laughs> from three years ago? In or my cl- yeah, in my closet. I stumbled across it the other Almost day. three years ago. Uh, buried in a box. There's, uh, it's a can of the Pseudo Sue IPA from Toppling Goliath. Uh, <laughs> and, I don't uh, know if I remember that one. Yeah. I don't remember it. Well, I, I don't remember if it was on the beer ranking episode that that's from, or it's from our first dinosaur episode. Oh, that same, was a fun one. Same time period though. I miss that. Yeah. Man, that dinosaur episode brings back memories of how we recorded the whole thing, but it didn't record. And then yeah. immediately because we didn't have any other time to do it. We had to record it again. Yep. Way more drunk than we should have been. Yeah. And, it's a uh, good episode though. It, is, it turned it's, out really well. Honestly, but- <laughs> It's uh, kind of one of our underrated ones. It's like an odd drunk pod classic. I would definitely recommend yeah. dinosaurs. One. It's, I not, would, it's not in the top 10, but it's it, it's a classic. I would definitely yeah. recommend our first space one as well. Yeah. If you want uh, a little I prelude just, to this, a little, you know, back go back in time and see our audio quality of uh, during that era. I distinctly remember <laughs> that first space yeah. episode that I came way, way underprepared for that episode. Oh, I was, I remember I, I, I was really excited for that one. Yeah. And then this one seems the opposite way. I yeah. have been busy, but there's plenty to talk about here. Yeah. Before we get into, um, <laughs> the, the final frontier, we we have our new segment that we've been doing for a little bit. I don't. I th- I think we neglected it last episode because we were just so into it. Was such a good one, the metal and punk one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely recommend that. Definitely oh. recommend those albums. And we have, if you've been listening to us, we have our odd drunk playlist in the link tree now. If you want to check that out, it has all. It has selection of songs from all the albums we've ever reviewed on this show. Yeah, yeah, that's. So it's a interesting playlist. Just hit shuffle on it. All and, good uh, songs. It's just a wide variety of songs. Yeah, could definitely. Be, you could be listening to Megadeth one moment and, and then, then Elton John the next. Yeah, and not even like 80s Elton John. No, like 70s full folky Elton, Elton John. John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Anyways, uh, before we get into our topic, you have anything you want to talk about? Just what's going on? Not a lot besides Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, the main thing I want to talk about is Tears of the Kingdom. But we we talked about that in Morning Oddities. Yeah, just listen to that so episode. I, I recommend you just go listen to that if you want to hear our thoughts on that. Morning um, Oddities number two. Yeah, we gave we gave a quick little. We didn't do, we didn't do like a proper review, but we talked about it. It's good. It's yeah. actually no. It's great. It's amazing. It's a fantastic it's, game. Yeah. It's. If you thought it was just gonna be a DLC, it make it, let's just put it this way: it makes Breath of the Wild feel like a DLC. Yeah, yeah. Breath of the Wild was the the demo. <laughs> yeah, of this for this game. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's really good. I'm really into it. If you have a Nintendo Switch or you're willing to emulate, like I said, the Morning Oddities, definitely yeah. pick this. Up. I'm I'm really into it. I love collecting Korok seeds and stuff. It's a really nice little boost to serotonin. 
<laughs> uh, my lizard brain likes it. Um, I mean, there's so much more than the core. I just, scene, I just collected uh, the couple of the pieces of the Wind Waker armor set. Nice. And seeing Link's little green hat flop around, that that's also good. That's that fun. Classic. Gives, give me some good serotonin yeah. there. I like that. <laughs> I like uh, shield surfing, even though that was in the last game. It's, it's fun. Still fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love shield surfing. Uh, here's a good tip for you. Here's a pro tip. A pro. That's what you call pro, a pro gamer. Pro gamer move. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if they changed this in Tears of the Kingdom, but I assume they didn't because this is the way it was in Breath of the Wild. Shield surfing on a dirt road does not take any durability from your shield. Really? Yeah. What about on snow? I don't know. I think like if you're on snow and grass and things like that, like slippery surfaces, it's less it's durability than normal. But I know that um, on uh, a dirt road, so if you're going down a hill and there's a dirt road and you shield surf down the dirt road, it won't take any durability from mm. your shield. Nice. That's Pro gamer move there. Um, <laughs> As far as what I got to bring to the table here, I, I, I talked to you about it and showed you some things earlier. I... I as you may know, I don't know if I've talked about it a lot. I love Doom. Doom is one of my favorite games ever. It yeah. would be like in my top 20 games of all time. Like the original Doom, or Doom 2. It's kind of hard to... Pretty fantastic games. Yeah. The original. Now, the new Doom is its own thing, and I still love that. I love it. Uh, but I did OG not Doom. complete either of them. Man, you... Doom Eternal, I still got to play the DLC. I heard it's really I, good. I got really close to finishing 2016 Doom. But I've been playing... And I have not... Doom Eternal's hard. <laughs> I'm no, not, it's like high-speed chess. Yeah, I'm not good at it. But it's I love fun. all the game reviewers that bash on it for being hard. Yeah, no, it's like, super it's hard. Doom. And I'm not a talented gamer, but... Uh, and it's a, it, you know, it's a first-person shooter. Yeah. <laughs> But so, fun game though. But I've game. been playing Doom, but not just your regular old, not your grandma's Doom, not your granddaddy's Doom. Okay. Yeah, I remember my grandpappy <laughs> telling me all about. Well, Doom is it, you know the whole genre that's making a big comeback. Boomer shooters. That's what it is. It's a boomer shooter. Is that what people call it? Yeah, a boomer shooter because it's like one of the earliest shooters. I want to, uh, okay. And it's just classic arcade <laughs> stuff. But anyways, I've been modding Doom. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and stuff on crazy cool Doom maps and conversions. And there's this one that just came out called My House, which is this whole fucking crazy rabbit hole that s starts out kind of standard. And then it just goes into this weird Silent Hill-esque like back rooms, like w internet rabbit hole yeah. where you have to go into text documents and look at the coding of the map to figure the mystery out and everything. Jeez. Um, but <laughs> you can also just shoot demons and play it like doom and you fight Shrek in it. Um, nice. <laughs> which is pretty good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been modding doom, which is pretty easy. You guys, I mean, you can look it up there's a YouTuber. I forget his name, but there's tutorials and pretty straightforward on modding. Even if you're new to modding, and it's a lot of fun. Just all the maps that have been made over the last couple dec or three decades, I guess, because it's been people have been modding it since its inception. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Like I've got conversion mods. I got one that turns it into like an alien shooter game. Another one that literally turns it into first person Legend of Zelda, <laughs> first person Castlevania. 
Yeah, you were showing me some of these mods before we started a lot of fun stuff. recording here. And, and it made me just be like, damn, <laughs> when I get home tonight, do I need to download Doom? You got to download Shit. Doom. Uh, and also, I mean, uh, so I'm running Doom through this uh, launcher, which basically gives you a lot more modern... Uh, effects and you know just amenities and you can really edit everything about the options of the game you can play classic old doom you can play doom with extra flair whatever you want to do but it's still doom so it's a lot of fun definitely recommend installing your copy of doom or buying doom for five bucks yeah Preferably Doom 2. That's what most of the mods use is Doom 2. I've noticed but that. But I um, would bet on getting both of them because... Just buy both of them. They're cheap. It's Doom. And, you, and you have a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hours have, of fun there. You can have the worst computer yeah. in the world. I mean, that's like legitimately Doom. like not just a meme, but a you thing. You can run Doom on do. a pregnancy test. Yeah. You can run Doom on a... A luxury car, well, any modern car that has a can, screen on it. You can run Doom on your on your fridge's ice maker if you have one that has like a touch. I've seen on it. it. You can run like, Doom on a calculator. You can run Doom. Yeah. Can't run Doom. Can't I saw this YouTube video on. It said, "How many potatoes does it take to run Doom?" And it's not as many as you would think. How many is it? I, I like forty. <laughs> 40 <laughs> potatoes to run Doom. Something like that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Doom is a lot of fun. And hey, it's in space. If I was into, sometime. like, actually into computer science, I would try doing some shit like that. <laughs> right. But I'm not a computer science guy. <laughs> but no, get Doom, and it's crazy what people can do just on that engine. Like, like I told Colton earlier, that, uh, there's this guy that legit made a Sonic game on Doom, like 3D platformer style. Damn. Well, I guess 2.5D because that's technically what Doom is or whatever. Yeah. But like 3D style Sonic game that's better than most mainline Sonic <laughs> games. I heard the new Sonic one where it's like Breath of the Wild, but Sonic. Sonic Frontiers. All right. Yeah, I've heard it's fine. I've but, heard I've heard I've heard it's PC is the place to go to play it because there's mods that change the physics that make it a lot better. Man, I um, wish Nintendo would port their games to PC. Yeah. No, I mean people play Breath of the Wild through like emulators. I can see there, there are mods. Well, Nintendo's for, actively trying to take that down yeah, too. Yeah, there's a multiplayer mod for Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Come on, Nintendo. That works better than Assassin's Creed Unity's multiplayer did. <laughs> well, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> Anyways, I, I do want to say... Is, okay. With Tears of the Kingdom, I, I think this is just a cool thing. I read this yesterday. Um, the rumor... These are rumors, um, but apparently it's... So, you know, about a year ago, they, they um, delayed the game. Right? Six months to a year ago, they delayed it. Um... Apparently, the rumors are that the that the game was finished when they delayed it, and they delayed it to make sure that everything was perfect. Well, I know. Well, it wasn't. Let, let's you know. Let's be real. Is, is it amazing? Is it one of the best games of all time? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't perfect on release. No, no frame rate it, issues. It had a, had a few Mostly frame the frame rate issues. issues. But uh, but yeah, apparently they they. When they did delay it, they apparently it was like the game was finished and they just like they could have released it then. They just decided, no, 
We're gonna well, I know they out. did upscaling. We're, we're going to do a lot of ironing out bugs. They did some kind of upscaling with the texture, you know, the graphics and everything. And it does it. Is it like night and day compared to Breath of the Wild? No, but you do notice things seem crisper, more vibrant. And yeah, I play on OLED, but even when I poured it on my TV. It's um, a pretty game. It's a, it's a nice it's, looking um, game. I prefer to play it handheld because the OLED screen on the Switch is so Oh, nice. I mostly play it. Handheld, so and then I'll but have it, like the office on the background or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, though, I do stick it on the TV just for the kicks, you know. Oh, yeah. Just for the hell of it. Well, but, that's the great thing it, about the Switch. It looks really nice on the OLED screen, and there's, and there's been a few times where I'm just like, this is a pretty game. Anyways, yeah, we're going to talk about space again. I wish we could insert the clip of uh, Tim Curry from Command & Conquer Red. Uh, red alert uh, doing the whole space thing that's totally up to you Colton um, but I don't think we could I don't think we can do that probably wouldn't get away we, we don't have the balls that the whiskey reel has on inserting copyrighted, copyrighted content yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sorry we're too yeah we're too deep into this to change our ways I, I, I don't wanna, yeah I don't I don't want to get uh, executed. But they're so. they're like 200 episodes into their podcast, so like maybe 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 they're on to something. Maybe they about are. How you can get away yeah, with maybe. it, but um. but that's also more work. Anyways, yeah, and it's just two of us. Yeah, let's do this. Space, Colton. Space. It is what we are in right now. <laughs> Whoa, kind of. Technically, <laughs> we are on this rock. Floating in outer space. And we are in our own solar system. Yeah. Which is just a tiny part of our galaxy. And then our galaxy, in the scope of things, is just a tiny part of the universe. Yep. There's a lot of other galaxies out there. I mean... The- <laughs> And we've discovered more, like a lot more. And then recently. don't even get me started on the multiverse theory. And no, not just Marvel and whatever. No, quantum physicists like Michio, uh, yeah. Kiko, or what's his name? Yeah, the the yeah. I know who you're talking are about. Are pretty much like yeah, the multiverse is the guy that's this. It's the, like Schrodinger's cat. If it could the, have the you physicist know. who's super into like proving the existence of God and stuff like that. the God particle. Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like. Not even getting to that, just our one universe. It is so vast. There's so many crazy things that we don't know. And there's more things that we do know now, thanks to the Hubble telescope and all that kind of stuff. And like NASA released these amazing images, the James Webb. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get um, into the James Webb uh, space uh, telescope. But, yeah. but the Hubble telescope still still putting out some cool stuff. So like even after the James Webb telescope... The Hubble Space Telescope still discovered really, really big deal. Um, the oldest star we've ever observed. Tell us about it. And the Hubble Space Telescope found it. Uh, How old is this? Sometimes last year. And uh, this star formed probably only 900 million years after the Big Bang. Which, by the way, in the scope of things, yeah. well... You know, that's almost a billion years, but the Big Bang was what, thirteen point eight billion years ago? Yeah, so this is this is the furthest <laughs> star we've ever observed. And it was from the Hubble Space Telescope uh, mid last like late last year or something like that. 
uh, which is pretty cool, I thought. Um, and it kind of just uh, what do we know about it? How I mean, what kind of star is it? Oh, I could probably I could probably find that out. Oh, I thought you already did your work, Colton. No. Mm. The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I don't want to be in, on uh, theme with it. No, it would not. Be. Uh, well, while you research that, I've got some stuff that I planned out for this. But uh, yeah, here it is. Okay, okay I did. Go for I it. did have. I did have a tab open for it. <laughs> I did my research. I just good didn't, for you. I just didn't bother remembering stuff. Um. Yeah. Uh. Twenty-eight billion light years away. Okay. This star. Just to put that into perspective for you guys. Yeah. When I hear that, even when I hear that, I mean it's impossible to comprehend. But to put it in perspective, if something is a, you know, we've discovered exoplanets and stuff like a couple thousand light years away, some like a million light years away. Mm-hmm. Um. What that means, what exactly a light year means. If you're traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 28 billion years to get there. Yeah. <laughs> at the speed of light, uh, which is something that for anything with mass, as far as we know, as far as Einstein physics and as far as, I mean, just the laws of physics, anything with mass cannot travel the speed of light. You could theoretically maybe get something close to the speed of light. So um, this is, this is, theory, this is with this. So this new star, this, I didn't read this article, but to be, but, before we, but to be but, able um, to travel vast distance. So I, I watch uh, Joe Rogan. He interviewed, he's had him on a couple times. Uh, Michio Kaku. I, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but at, yeah, I know who you're talking quantum about. Quantum physicist. He's a cool guy. Yeah, and he interviewed him, Very and basically, guy, to yeah. um, the way he, they were talking about quantum computers and stuff, and you know how that's going to change everything and breach all our security. And if you get quantum computers with AI, oh, we're fucked. Um, yeah, <laughs> because like AI on its own is you know very primitive at this stage, even though it's grown incredibly fast and in the next couple decades who knows but quantum computers where you can compute on an atomic scale i don't know exactly how it works but all i know is it's going to change everything how i mean with quantum computing you can pretty much create and do anything well to be able to travel vast distances like that in a feasible manner like if there's alien life out there that is traveling from Andromeda galaxy, our nearest galaxy, our neighbor, which is 2 million light years away. You would have to be able to manipulate space and time like star Wars. Yeah. Being able to use hyperspace or worm yeah. you know, wormholes. That's that's the idea um, of like of like Star Wars vast is in Star Wars they're not even traveling light speed, they're traveling in hyperspace, which is an times. which is a dimension in itself. And it's yeah. funny I, I say that because so he Michio basically explains that quantum physicists 
well, in astrophysicists believe in like three different classes of civilization. Class one. So class one basically is where a civilization reaches the point where they can harness the power of their planet. So if we became a class one civilization, uh-huh. we would be able to control the weather. We would be able to control everything on our planet and harness the power of our planet. Yeah. And that would be, we're about a thousand years or so away from that if we don't annihilate ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. And then you have class two civilization where you harness the power of your star. So where we could harness the power of our sun Mm -hmm. and be able to not travel the galaxy, but be able to easily travel our solar system and, you know, colonize nearby terrestrial bodies relatively nearby. Yeah. Kind of, you know, within our solar system, maybe a little, you know, in the outer reaches, but not, you know, going from star system to star system. Uh So within our kind of uh, area. And that would be, he explained that would be kind of like our star Trek understanding. Yeah. And then you would have class three civilization where you reach, uh, what, uh, and I, I, I honestly don't know exactly what it is or what it means, but the plonked energy, supposedly any of you science, any of physicists, scientists or you know, college physicists out there probably know. So like when you reach the plonked energy or planked energy, that's basically where you get to the highest energy level that can be achieved where you can manipulate space and time. Yeah. Where you're playing around with black holes. Oh, yeah. And he said that would be like the equivalent of the empire from star Wars. Right. Where you're just blowing up planets. Yeah. Traveling hyperspace. Just Cause you can just cause you can. And because you want to, yeah. um, and that would be like a hundred thousand years away, supposedly. And to be able, and he basically said that to be able to travel the different solar systems and throughout, you know, the galaxy interstellar travel, you would have to at least be a class two civilization, but more than likely for it to be possible, you would have to be class three where you can utilize wormholes and, you know, you can go from one solar system to another in an instant. Yeah. And the the whole point of this is to be able for, so the vast distances we've explored, well, the relatively vast distances we think we've explored with our probes and, you know, like Voyager, you know, things like that isn't even comprehensible compared to how far that star is you're talking about. Yeah, so so this is... You would have to be this able... This is, it's saying... Use wormholes. It's the single most distant star ever observed, glimmering 28 billion light years away. Uh, it could be between 50 to 500 times more massive than our sun and millions of times brighter. Um, Just think about that. An object millions of times brighter than It is brighter so distant that the star has taken 12.9 billion years for the light to reach us. So basically, um, that star could be dead. 
probably is dead. probably is yeah in fact um, a lot of the stars you see in the sky right now especially if you live you know out in the country somewhere where you can see the milky way which is great could be gone and and and, uh, and this is the best part this is the best part jackson yeah yeah this made me smile when i read this do you know what they've named this star what's that Erendil. From Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, Arendil the Mariner, who became a star. El- Elrond's dad. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who, who, warned, nice. who convinced the Valar to help against the fight well, against Morgoth. Of course the NASA guys a, would, became a star. Would be the, into the that. sign of Gondor and, 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 and nice. all that. Uh, the star of Arendil. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so this star um, is called Arendil. That's awesome. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't so read put, that part put, of this. Put things in perspective. So our nearest, as far as I know, unless something else came out about it, as far as I know, our nearest galaxy neighbor would be Andromeda, two yes. million light years yeah. away. So if there is an alien race there, and they're viewing us from a telescope, they would be seeing us two million years ago. Because that's how long it takes the light to get there. Yeah. Uh, so they would see us and we'd be just a bunch of primitives. That's, it's wild. The way, the way <laughs> when you get to that scale, I mean, because human brains are so bad at even like just comprehending. Comprehending. Watch one of those universal of scale. scale videos on YouTube. Yeah. Where it does a zoom out from Earth all the way to the observable universe. I mean, there was something I saw. It was a and really like, good thing in, where he was. Where we're he, like an atom. I mean, I saw like a really good thing. It was like a football field, and the guy was like, he had like a basketball, and he's like, "This is the sun," and I'm going to represent to you on a scale model what a solar system actually looks like. And he had like a little pin, which was the Earth, and that was like, yeah. and it ended up being like miles. Oh, to scale, yeah. To scale, it, yeah, where he's yeah. like, this is where Jupiter would be, and this is where this would be, and it ended <laughs> up being, like, miles. Like, it was insane. And that's just our solar system. Yeah. Those are our terrestrial it's neighbors. Like that, that's that's just the solar, yeah, that's just the solar system. It's It gets freaking wild. Anyways, I found this article okay. from Live Science. It, it just popped up on my... I don't know why I'm not using Firefox right now, but shame on Firefox me. Firefox nerd. I am a Firefox Google nerd. Google Chrome like a like a Firefox civil, like is a, a nice intuitive like a browser. civilized person. It's a it's a browser for PC, okay? I use Google Chrome like a civilized man. But Firefox is good and it's always been good. They're both good. As long as you're not using you know, Bing, Bing. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, on Microsoft Bing, for some reason, I'm on here. Um, <laughs> well, not Microsoft Edge, I guess, which is like a derivation of Internet Explorer. Kinda. Yeah, kind of. Anyways, Internet Explorer is gone now. This article. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Let's take a moment of silence to yeah. to appreciate Internet Explorer. Okay, that's enough. That's long enough. <laughs> that's long enough. You served me many a great Flash games on Newgrounds. Thank you yes, very much. Yes, on school PCs in the computer yes. lab. <laughs> Anyways, Live Science, story by Paul Sutter. Nine hours ago, strange star system may hold first evidence of an ultra-rare dark matter star. 
What? What is and, that? Okay. So, well, I saw that. Okay. I was looking up stuff about space and stuff I don't understand, but it's cool. So like 4% of our universe supposedly is composed of matter. Okay. Yeah. 4%. The rest That's, of it yeah. is either just the void our dark matter, which is something we know very little I've, yeah, about. I've I've heard I've heard the, I've heard dark matter that that idea being thrown around, and it's based off of this idea that um is I think this is in the seventies. This is off the top of my head, like memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is like in the seventies. There's two guys. They had like this um a, like big telescope thing to detect radiation and stuff like that. And this is how like the whole background radiation, all this ambient, ambient was radiation, discovered. Yeah. And they, um, they initially like they cleaned out their their machine because they thought it was like pigeon poop and shit like that that was making this noise <laughs> and stuff. Um, but no, they realized they were pigeon actually poop. detecting like background radiation where there shouldn't be any. Um, and this is where so the background radiation from the Big Bang, but it also opened this whole door into like there's stuff, kind of. It's weird <laughs> in the universe. That's not regular matter, but it's stuff, <laughs> but there's something there. It's, there's it's stuff weird. out there. And that's all I understand about it. I know nothing else about this stuff. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, strange star system may hold first evidence of ultra rare dark matter star. Astronomers long thought that a peculiar star system observed by the European space agency's Gaia satellite was a simple case of a star orbiting a black hole. But now, two astronomers are challenging that claim, finding that evidence suggests something far stranger, possibly a never-before-seen type of star made of invisible dark matter. Their research, which has yet to be peer-reviewed, so take this with a grain of salt, was published April 18th on the prepend server ARXIV. The system itself consists of a sun-like star and, well, something else. The star weighs a little less than the sun, 0.93 solar mass, and has roughly the same chemical abundance as our star. Its mysterious companion is much more massive, around 11 solar masses. So 11 times massive than the sun. The objects orbit each other at the distance of 1.4 astronomical units, about the distance at which Mars orbits the sun. And think about how far Mars is from us and how it is from the sun. And that's just 1.4 astronomical units. So that, sh that kind of gives you perspective on scale. <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it is I mean really again, like I said, we're, we're, humans are really bad at visualizing these things in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> what could that dark companion be? One possibility is that it's a black hole. There's plenty of those in space. The center of our galaxy is a black hole. The center of every galaxy is a black hole. Yeah. As yeah. far as we know. Fascinating things, black holes. But we're, you, I'm not going to really get into them. You <laughs> have this <laughs> massive void that is absorbing gravity and light that bends space and time where time ceases to exist yeah it's weird yeah black holes very, are weird very weird well that would easily <laughs> fit the bill in terms of orbital observations the hypothesis has challenges black holes form from the depths from the depths of very massive stars and for the situation to arise a sun-like star would have to form a companionship with one of those monsters well now 
while not outright impossible, that scenario requires an extraordinary extraordinary amount of fine-tuning to make the match happen and keep these objects in orbit around each other for millions of years. So perhaps the dark orbital companion is something much more exotic as researchers propose a new study. Maybe they suggest it's a clump of dark matter, matter particles. Hmm. Dark matter, as we discussed earlier, is an invisible form of matter that makes up the vast majority of the mass in every single galaxy. We still, we still do not have a solid understanding of its identity. Most theoretical models assume that dark matter is smoothly distributed in each galaxy, but there are models that allow it to clump onto itself. Basically, for those listening, part of my understanding of dark matter is why why we know it's there at all is because this background how, radiation. Well, there's the background radiation, and it's just how like gravity and physics, as we understand those things, work in the first place. Mm-hmm. The existence of dark matter fits into those equations. Yeah, and there are in, there are instances where if dark matter wasn't a basically because of that, it's it's all math. We're not okay. You yeah, know, we're not we're not trying to propose yeah. to you guys that we understand all. No, this no, shit. I'm, no, I'm just, just trying to we, explain it the we best think that I understand. We think it. it's really cool though. Um, so. But it's you know <laughs> the, the basically like the math like checks out in this way where there's something there, um, and. My understanding is basically either there has to be something there or we need to fundamentally change our understanding of physics. Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, like when, when I was talking about the different classes of civilization, when you reach class three to Planck energy, the laws of physics change. It, it changes. Yeah. And also there could be if, you know, if the multiverse theory is true, and most quantum physicists will tell you in some form that it is true, because mm-hmm. it's the whole idea of based the baseline idea of Schrodinger's cat. Uh huh. And like for every in probability, like for every decision or everything that could happen, the opposite thing could happen, or a different thing could happen. You know. It, yeah, it's hard to think about, but it, it's also fun. What was I getting on to? Dark matter star? Yeah, so yeah. why does that, <laughs> why could that happen? Well, so you have fundamental forces of the universe, and I, 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 I learned about this in my physics uh, classes in high school and college, because I had to take science class in college, and so I took a physics class, because that's... I kind of wish I had taken physics. And you have electromagnetism, gravity, thermal energy, and I guess dark matter would be another one of them. Because one of these models hypothesizes that dark matter is a new kind of fundamental energy. Hmm. Uh, Well, it is a fundamental energy. Uh, So, and this is explained as a boson or boson. So it's the particles that carry the forces of nature. For example, a photon is a boson that carries the electromagnetic force. Photon, light. That's electromagnetic magnetic spectrum. That's light. I'm following you, but just barely. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we know only a limited set of bosons in the standard model of particle physics. There's nothing in principle stopping the universe from having many more kinds. These kinds of bosons wouldn't carry forces. They would still soak the universe. Most importantly, they would have the ability to form large clumps. Some of these clumps could be the size of entire star systems, but some could be much smaller. The smallest clumps of bosonic dark matter could be as small as stars. Which, as we all know, stars are pretty damn big. Not on an uh, Astro- on astronomical scale. No. Yeah, not on that scale. No. <laughs> and these hypothetical objects get a new name, boson stars. Boson stars would be entirely invisible because dark matter doesn't interact with any other particles or light. And we could detect them only through gravitational <laughs> influence on their surroundings. Like if a regular star were to orbit a boson star. Researchers pointed out that a simple model of boson dark matter could produce enough boson stars to make this result in the Gaia data plausible. And thus replacing uh, the black hole theory of a boson star could explain all the observational data. So it's, it's like saying like there's, there's a gravitational thing here happening. But it's not a black hole. But it's not a black hole. So what is it? It's just, <laughs> it's yeah. Com- well, Jackson, there's an answer to that. It's Camino. There's a planet of cloners out there, and Obi Wan just hasn't fa- figured it out yet. <laughs> it's not in the Jedi records. Yeah, so it must not exist. <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> this is a star that shouldn't exist. Yeah. Huh. But there's some kind of gravitational force that maybe might not be a black hole. That's that's wild. Well, it's unlikely that this is actually the discovery of boson star. The authors still urge follow-up observations. Most importantly, this unique system gives us a rare opportunity to study the behavior of strong gravity, allowing us to examine Einstein's theory of general relativity to see if it holds up. Hmm. Secondly, if it is a boson star, this system is the perfect experimental setup. We can play around with our models of boson stars and see how well they can explain the orbital dynamics of the system and use that information to glimpse into the dark corners of the universe. Wow. Because, yeah, dark matter is just this weird ambient energy that we can't see, that we can't really interact with on any, you know, meaningful level. But it's there. Yeah. I, <laughs> damn, you, when we talk about shit like this, it's, it's what makes me go like, I mean, mm. I've always really liked science, but I don't quite have the right type of mind for it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, not, not like I'm not smart enough, but like my mind doesn't work quite in that way for me to have well, always been I good mean, at honestly, science. when you get into... Um, you know, quantum physics and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, which is, obviously the mathematics is something, which is why I went into the liberal have, arts. Right. You but know. the mathematics is something I have no <laughs> grasp on, but I feel like to even think about this kind of stuff, you, you really well, have to just open your mind. It, I have, a, I have enough of a grasp on mathematics and I feel like now I could. So here's the thing. I, I appreciate mathematics way more than I used to. I've always been decent at it. I just never oh, did my homework or paid attention to I class. I mean, math is a wonderful thing. Yeah, well, I... I it's I, what explains everything. I Well, here's... So, yeah, so I, I've always been good at math. 
I just never paid attention in class or did any of my homework <laughs> because it's stupid. Um, yeah. And I thought that for a long time until I took a logic class. I'm in a Fort similar Lewis. boat. I took in the same semester, I took logic and I took epistemology. So, and, and here's, here's the thing about math is it serves a similar role that logic plays in philosophy. Mm-hmm. In, in a, if you get really philosophical about it, you can get into you know, what's real, what's not real, all this sort of stuff with epistemology. How do we know what we know? But there's one thing in, in philosophy that always, always remains consistent, and that's logic. Yeah. As in logical proofs. Um, not Ben Shapiro logic. And you have- no, 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 no. But, but like, Artist you know, Stephen Crowder, like, like, logic. like logical, like actual logical laws and logical proofs. Well, and just those like things re- remain consistent. There's mathematical logic. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, what is math but logic with numbers? Except well, yeah, for arbitrary. when you apparently, I've been told by They're some arbitrary symbols. I've been, I have been told by some mathematicians that there are like mathematical problems and stuff that just don't follow those rules. Well, I remember which is always really weird and pre-calc tricky. learning about imaginary numbers. Yeah. So there's there, <laughs> you get really deep into mathematics, there's trippy shit that like <laughs> shouldn't make sense, but I hated imaginary to. numbers. Um but <laughs> but my point is I appreciate math a lot more because math say like in I'll astro- tell you in astrophysics. I'll tell you when I is, started appreciating math, when it actually clicked with me and I actually started getting good at it in uh, high school in uh, college was um, when I started taking physics classes. Right, right. Because physics, and this is just a basic explanation, is basically using math to explain yeah. phenomenon. It's it's and, the same thing that like logic did it for me, where it's and this that's idea why of taking... Before, before I took physics, when math was just, oh, solve this equation, solve for X, I'm like... What is this? This is yeah. just numbers. This is nothing. Who cares? It took me until but I was... But then with physics, I'm like, solve for the velocity of this object, you know, yeah. so on. It, it took me until I was R- working towards working towards a philosophy minor that I finally had that realization of like, oh shit, math is important to understanding the universe. <laughs> Like to yeah. uh, and not just in a, and both in a physical way, like in science and physics and things like that, but also in a metaphysical way and an epistemological way in philosophy. Math is that. And then you get into the the uh, the Fibonacci code Be- because because the thing with math is and and logic, but math is like I said, is math is essentially just logic with numbers. Um, is that whatever the reality of like that we're experiencing is whether i am whether this what of what you know if this is real or what's real and what's not what we can believe what we can't believe at the end of the day math you know logic and therefore also math always holds yeah which is why when you say that sometimes you get to a you, you you get to a class three civilization and physics changes. That's fucking weird to understand. <laughs> like I don't understand what you mean by that. And well, and then getting into the that's weird. I remember I got into this uh, for a while when I started in physics and stuff and the the golden ratio. 
uh-huh. which this can apply to anything. I remember we talked about the golden ratio in the Fibonacci sequence mm-hmm. in my art classes and my music classes. It's in nature. Yeah. You, I mean, wild. it's, you can use this to explain our surroundings. Yeah. We're basically, okay. Best way I can explain it. Your thumb, your one thumb Actually, that's not a good explanation. Okay, uh, uh, imagine a river starts out one stream. Yeah. Then it branches out into two. Uh-huh. Then that branches out and so on. Yeah. So it's basically the sum. It's the sum of the previous... Two numbers. Previous two numbers. Yeah. And it can be used to explain anything. It's the Fibonacci secret. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, in nature, like you can find that just everything in nature, you, you can, um, go back to the Fibonacci sequence and be like, Oh, that's why that, that makes sense. Yeah. I think this counts as a tangent point. It is a tangent point, but you know. I, I actually was going to take I, us I think on it's another, a smart one. I was going to take us on another, another tangent. A I nudger? Had, I had a thought in my head, mm. and then I and lost then the thought while you were talking about the Fibonacci sequence, so we're yeah. not going to go on another tangent. I need to go use the restroom, though, so we're going to take a quick okay, take, moment here. Take a quick, quick moment. And we're back. Yeah, we're going to get back on track now. We're get back on track. Um and any good we, time to take a, a good time to take a bathroom break is when we're on a long tangent. Exactly. To and get us back on track. We are drinking and we are <laughs> in the social sciences, so we know little to nothing about math. We may act yeah. like it or we may tell you about it. Yep. But it's really hard for us to talk about because even like I said, you know, like when I started taking physics classes, it started making more sense, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I pick up um, on math pretty quickly, but yeah. I, I don't know a lot about math. But uh, but anyways, getting into stuff we do know. Yeah. Uh, from other stars. Sources. Stars. And, I, and I have I have a galaxy. I have a star, a specific star I want to talk about. You already talked about one of them. Yeah. I want to talk about another one. Oh, uh, speaking of which... Never mind, go. All right. Uh, I'm not so going to do another tangent. You might have heard of before the star Beetlejuice. It's in the With Orion- Michael Keaton and uh, Wyona Ryder? Yeah, and I Alec love that Baldwin. film. Yeah. Oh, he is in that. Yeah, he was very young. He's one of the... <laughs> He's the other main character. Main characters. Yeah. <laughs> He's the... He's the opposite to one another. I honestly forgot he was in that. Um, he's the one that does the makes his mouth really big thing. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And yeah. He <laughs> shot somebody. <laughs> that's tragic. It is tragic. It wasn't his fault, but he no. still he still might get in trouble for it. I don't think he did. Uh, yeah, I, I, I I'm not up to date it's on that. Still kind of ongoing. Last I heard, but uh, uh, feels really bad about it. Anyway, Beetlejuice, the star. It's in the Orion constellation. It's the top. Um, Left star, I think, the shoulder of Orion. Um, okay, and it's this massive red giant star. Um, I, I think I have heard of this one, and it's like it makes our sun just look like a yeah, like a pea, yeah, type of thing. 
Um, like a P to a... And, and it's it's about 650 light years away. Um, and how big is this thing? It, uh, I mean, I'd have to... Let me see here. Beetlejuice. It, I mean, it's... Let's see. Beetlejuice. It, it, it's one of the largest stars visible to the naked eye. Um, how do you spell it? B e t e l g e u s e. Cool. Let's see. Why did Beetlejuice throw a party in space? I don't know. Why? Because it wanted to become the biggest star in the galaxy. Oh, it's Thanks, about seven hundred times the size of the sun. Um, so very big star. But but here, so here's the important. Is thing. Is it a red giant? It is a red giant. Yeah. So it's a short-lived star. Um, but here's the thing. So it's over the last, you know, every once in a while, you know, stars can kind of vary in their brightness, sometimes. And Beetlejuice has been doing that a lot recently. Uh-oh. Like, a lot. <laughs> uh, like, it was, like, 50% its brightness back in, like, I swear like to God, even ago. with the naked eye, you can see stars flicker. Yeah. So, like, space. six months ago, it was, like, 50%. I've seen it's, it. it. was, like, 50% its normal brightness, and now it's, like, 50% more than its normal brightness. Like, it's been f- varying Luckily, a lot. Luckily, it's plenty far enough, if anything Basically... Happened. A lot of scientists think so. I mean, it it, it could supernova tomorrow, but it could also supernova. Well, and how far is it? Uh, about six hundred fifty light uh, million light years away. So if it's supernova, we want to know yet. Yeah, um, but uh, it could it could supernova supernova now, and it could supernova in a hundred thousand years. But if it's super so it's, okay, if it's, it's supernova now. So what it, does that mean? Yeah, does yeah, that mean so, it supernova 650 million years ago? Yeah, that that is what that would mean. So that when we observe it, yeah, but uh, yeah. so but um, a lot because of the way it's be, been behaving recently, we think that it might supernova sooner than later. Might not be in our lifetime, but it could be. It could be literally like in a couple years. We we really don't know. But here's the cool thing about it. Would we be able to see that? Yes. You'd be able to see it with the naked eye. Just it going away or like the so nebula? This is what would happen if it supernovaed. For a, and this would last for about a month. It would get to peak brightness. It would be about, um, I want to say the number is 10,000 times brighter than it currently is. Um, <laughs> it would be, from our perspective. It'd be bright nights, wouldn't it? Well, from our perspective, like from Earth, it would yeah. be about the brightness of a full moon. Damn. For about, and it would last for a few weeks, maybe maybe as much as a month. I would love to see that in the um, demise of a whole uh, solar yeah. system. Like, you, you wouldn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. There would be this massive, shining, bright object, like like dot in the sky. I'm just for glad. For like several weeks straight. I'm just glad that our sun is so relatively <laughs> young. 
Yeah. And uh, not even close. Not even remote. The human race could be long gone before our sun goes supernova. Probably will be long gone. Yeah, at this rate. I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who recently, and they... They they do things about the human race, so being, we don't have to worry about being that. around until the end of the universe. And I'm you like, know, that's really optimistic. Whatever, <laughs> whatever evolves at that point. If it's like the ravens or dolphins or whatever that fucking evolve, I hope they're it, they're gonna have to deal with it. Not I us. I hope it's the ravens, not the dolphins. <laughs> it probably would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, dolphins are assholes. Yeah, ravens well, they are, can't get fire in the ocean. So yeah, as soon as ravens figure out how to make fire, yeah. We're screwed. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> ravens are going to kill us all. I like ravens, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that, that, that's a fun thing that I, I was reading recently about Beetlejuice. Uh, where are we? What are we at right now on time, as uh, far as time? We're at like hour and ten minutes, something like that. Cool, cool, Give cool. Maybe we'll keep this one um, relatively short for the Odd Drunk Pod. Yeah, for our standards. Because I don't want to, I don't want to get into the bullshit mode where we just, uh, yeah, know, give you bullshit. I've got some more stuff too. I've got plenty of stuff. Yeah. I've got from the Smithsonian. Wait, no, that's not the. That's not actually the one I want. <laughs> that's not the one. Where's the one I want? Thank you. From Mashable. We can do the Smithsonian one later, maybe. From Mashable.com, 12 facts about space that will rock your world. Ooh, fun. Now, this is from a few years ago. It's a little outdated from 2019. The before times. <laughs> the before. <laughs> uh, before the dark times by Xavier Piedra and Dennis Green. Oh, it's starting out with number one. Hmm. I'm not going to sign out for your subscription. Thank you very much. Number one. Actually, no. Let's start. Let's start at number twelve, if it's good. Yeah, it's counting down. Yeah, uh, counting up to the wor- the lamer lamer yeah. one. Like, who wants to do that? Uh, yeah, it's lame. It is lame. <laughs> oh, this is a lame one, but it's okay. Fair enough. Let's start with this one. Number twelve. The position of the North Star will change over time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. everything, everything's position changes over oh, time when you're works. in space. Yeah. Anyways, let's see what it says. Navigation will be weird when Polaris stops being the North Star in about 13,000 years from now. All right, so we don't have to worry about that. No. <laughs> I think we're good. Like one bit. And if you are listening to this on your... I don't know. Whatever you use in your brain. Your space if, radio. Yeah. Your <laughs> mind chip. Yeah. Your quantum computer. Whatever the fuck. In the future. Yeah. You're probably listening like a million things at once right now. And you can easily comprehend it. You know, Or, or maybe we're dead. Let us know. If we're dead, <laughs> let us know. Uh, but 13,000 yeah. years from now, uh, let us know what's going on. Uh, Instagram if, link if, in, the pot, in the link tree in the description. I... If you, I, okay, this is a challenge. This is a challenge to anyone from the future. If time traveling technology exists, do it. Fucking prove it, okay? That's all I want. Just, uh, 
I want to hear a knock on my door. Actually, I don't. That'd be creepy. Don't do that. Yeah. Because then you would know where I live and you're a time traveler. I don't want that. Anyways, here's a, here's a separate challenge for people listening in the present. In the present. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you are a time traveler. Let us know on Instagram or Facebook if there's any episode topics you want us to do. No one ever does. So if you ever, if someone does, I know, we will, you just, we'll probably do it. You guys just let us run wild. Yeah. You know? no, Come on. no one ever tells us what to do. Which, is, hey, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> Anyways, navigation will be weird when Polaris stops being the North Star in about 13,000 years. In case you didn't know, Earth's axis goes through a motion called precision, which means that the planet's axis will change. And we have a slightly, our axis is slightly off kilter. What, like? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know how much. Me neither. Anyways. <laughs> um, when this occurs, it takes around 26,000 years for the axis to trace out a complete cone shape. To add this, add to this, Polaris, the Earth's current North Star, will eventually begin to shift positions as the Earth undergoes precision or precession. In 3000 BC, it's believed that the North Star was the star Thuban, otherwise known as Alpha Draconis. In 13,000 years, the star Vega will be our new North Star, but in 26,000 years, Polaris will return to its original position as the Earth continues to go through precession. Ah, so it'll come back. Yeah, and if if you're listening 26,000 years from now and whatever you are... uh, Yeah. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for downloading. If you did that. <laughs> if you didn't, then fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, future people. Um, <laughs> that's a boring one. Let me get to the cool ones. Yeah. I, yeah. One of them was, let's, oh, let's one move. of NASA's moons has two different colors. I'm like, who cares? Let's, let's move forward. Let's- Saturn has so many fucking moons. <laughs> Jupiter has the most moons, though. It has like 40 or something. Damn. Yeah. Big planet, though. Oh, this is a cool one. This is a really cool one, actually. And also um, horrifying. Number nine. One day on Venus is longer than one year on Earth. Venus has an extremely (laughs) slow axis rotation that takes about 243 Earth days to complete one full cycle. Funny enough, it takes Venus even less time in Earth days in order to complete one re- revolution around the sun. 226, to be exact. Furthermore, the sun rises every 117 Earth days, which means that the sun will rise only two times during each year on Venus, which is also technically oh. in the same day. Huh. Since Venus is also... Since Venus also rotates clockwise, the sun will rise in the west and set in the east. Oh, yeah. Only twice a year, though. Which is a day on Venus. It's lame. Venus is lame. Uh, I I, I mean, I can't (laughs) say exactly, but, you know, I've seen, you know, scientists theorize that Venus could have been, since it's very similar in size. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is closer to the sun. But it could have been a planet extremely similar to the Earth. Maybe even could have had life at some point. Yeah. But 
you know, through the greenhouse effect, it became a hellscape. Yep. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's literally a hellscape. Yeah. Um, well, there's constant, um, I remember learning that Venus has just constant super like thunderstorms all the time and volcanoes erupting and this, yeah. it's literally hellscape. Yeah. Um, and then Mercury is so close to the sun that it doesn't really, it barely has any kind of atmosphere. Yeah. It's just a hot. Burns it off. Just yeah. a hot rock. It's just a ball of rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a hot one. Hot. A very hot one. Some hot, a hot ball. Hot, yeah, just a hot big old ball. <laughs> yeah, just how I like it. Venus and Mercury together is just a couple of hot big old balls. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Come on, I want to. What are you? What, what's the next one? I, I'm wait. I'm looking at some good ones. Oh, here's one. Okay. Just to put things in perspective. It kind of, it makes sense, but just put things in perspective. Number five, 99% of our solar system's mass is the sun. Damn. Our star, the sun, is so dense that it accounts for a whopping 99% of the mass of our entire solar system. That's what allows it to dominate all the planets gravitationally. Technically, our sun is a G-type main sequence star, which means that every second... It fuses approximately 600 million tons of hydrogen to helium. Nuclear fusion. It also converts about 4 million tons of matter to energy as its byproduct. When the sun dies, it will become a red giant and envelop the Earth and everything in it. Don't worry. This won't happen for another 5 billion years. Yeah, don't worry about it. But it will happen. <laughs> yeah. It will happen. It's a whole episode of Doctor Who about it. Oh, really? Of course there would be one Yeah. Day. Yeah, they, they, they watch it happen. Number four. <laughs> okay, we're in the top five now. Okay. Number four. The Apollo astronauts' footprints on the moon will probably stay there for at least a hundred... A hundred how many years, you think? A hundred years? Million. Yeah, you actually got it. A <laughs> hundred nice. million years. Since the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, there's no wind or water to erode or wash away the Apollo astronauts' mark on the moon. That means their footprints, rubber prints, anything, will stay preserved on the moon for a very long time. They won't stay on there forever, though. The moon's still a dynamic environment. It's actually being constantly bombarded with micrometeorites, which means that erosion is still happening on the moon, just very slowly. Number three. Sometimes I wonder if... Number Buzz, three is kind of a no-brainer. Sometimes I wonder if Buzz Aldrin... Is he still If he alive? ever landed on if the he, moon. He did. <laughs> you know, you have those conspiracy um, theorists. That, sometimes oh, I wonder Kubrick if he just, it. like, stands out in his backyard. I, I think he punched a guy one time that said he didn't land on the moon. <laughs> oh, it's pretty yeah. good. Sometimes I wonder if he just, like, ever stands out in his backyard and just, like, shakes his fist at the moon, like... Why I oughta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll get you next time. I'll get you next time. <laughs> number three. There's un an uncountable number of stars in the known universe. That's kind of a no-brainer, but uh, let's see what it says. We basically have no idea how many stars there are in the universe. Right now, we use our estimate of how many stars there are in our own galaxy, the Milky Way. We then multiply that number by the best guesstimate of a number of galaxies in the universe. After all that math, 
NASA can only confidently say that there are zillions of uncountable stars. And even that number has recently been thrown into kind of question. A zillion is any Which, uncountable amount. Yeah. It's just really, 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 really big. Yeah. It's a, it's not a real number. Well, because like recently, just, so like the, the James Webb Space Telescope pointed... Launched, oh, those images are beautiful. I've seen like the pillars over, of creation. Yeah, and it, it launched a little over a year ago, and um, and you're like that image is hundreds of millions of light years. Yeah, huge. and 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 uh, it took like an image that has like thousands, like three thousand galaxies in it, or something like that. It's insane. When it, was pointing, when it was pointing at a part part of the sky, which we didn't think there was anything at. Yeah, just a dark part of the sky. And, and it's the, no the, the, what I, what I, the, the number that I, or the, how it was explained to me is it'd be like if you took a grain of sand and held it at arm's length at the sky, that's the part of the sky that this image is from. Right, just such a insignificant, it's small insane. part. Like, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> we've talked about it a little bit, and I will argue with anyone about it. Um, when you um, actually sit down and think about and acknowledge how large and incomprehensible our universe is. Um, it's pretty, uh, I would say it's kind of, uh, narcissistic and just dumb to say that we're the only life. Oh yeah. That we're the only special fucking planet. No, the universe is no. just so big that the probability is that there's, there's gotta be other life out there. Yeah. Somewhere. And what it is, what kind of evolutionary path it followed, can it travel star systems or is it just weird fucking squids on a moon somewhere. We, I, I don't know, but all I'm saying is it's improbable that there isn't life out there. Anyways, number two, yeah, space. A 3,000 previously unknown objects, mostly galaxies that are billions of light years away, were revealed by the James Just Webb think about all those fucking yeah. galaxies just in that one little portion of our night sky. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, there's no fucking life. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Anyways, number two, and we all know this, you can't scream in space, as you know, an alien. Space is completely silent because it's a vacuum. Sound waves need a medium to travel through. Since there is no atmosphere in the vacuum of space, the realm between stars will always be silent. Yeah. Yeah. I always knew that, but yeah, that is... Makes also for, makes for boring movies though. Yeah. yeah. Imagine in Star Wars it was all silent. <laughs> yeah, all the space battles. Yeah. You just see the explosion. Lame. Also, the really wanna be you wanna see there wouldn't I mean you would have the gases from the ship and whatever. I guess there would be somewhat of an explosion, but probably not nearly as much as Nah, yeah. Yeah, so wanna be very exciting. <laughs> be silent and Kind of lame. Number one. This is the number one okay. crazy fact that will rock your world or whatever. 
Number one, neutron stars can spin at a rate of 600 rotations per second. Holy shit. That's wild. <laughs> neutron stars are one of the possible evolutionary endpoints of high-mass stars. They're born in core collapse supernova star explosion and subsequently rotate extremely rapidly as a consequence of their physics. Neutron stars can rotate up to 60 times per second after born. Under special circumstances, this rate can ex- increase to more than 600 times per second. Put that uh, at... Um in perspective, our sun rotates at 1.241 miles a second. It's not that fast. No. Like, <laughs> well, it is fast. I mean, but yeah. in the scope of things, it is insurmountably slow. Yeah. That, that's what, you know, when you think about the vastness of our universe and space... You're like, oh, man, that we have a pretty calm star. We're so fast. Oh, that 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 Porsche or that um, Tesla goes so fast. It's like, no, no, it doesn't. Elon does not know he, what he doesn't fast even is. know what fast is. He's not fast or furious. No, only Vin Diesel is. Family, family. <laughs> the new movie's out. Fast Ten. I don't plan on seeing it. I I probably see it on. Uh, I think the last Fast and Furious film I saw was Tokyo Drift. Was uh, <laughs> this is a, definitely a tangent, by the way? Uh, which was 2006. I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious movie that came out after 2006. I heard this last one, and we're on two tangent points, by the way. Yeah. So basically, when you, when we go on tangent, <laughs> you get a point. When you get three points, you have to take a shot. <laughs> or you void it until the next episode. Yeah. I don't feel like explain it too much. If you've been listening, you know it. You know it. Essentially, it's an excuse for us to take a shot to punish ourselves. Um, but Vin Diesel, he did pretty good in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which, speaking of space, right, I yeah. would definitely recommend he that. that. <laughs> if you've been burnt out on superhero movies, trust me. F- just trust me. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, James Gunn as writer, director, and with that whole cast really good so, movie. Is Just there an F-bomb solid, in there? Yes, there is an F-bomb. I heard there's an F-bomb. There's an F-bomb, and it's a really good one. Like, so. it's the first, like, proper... What I heard, so James Gunn... Yeah, before Deadpool comes he in. He put that in there and run, ran it by Kevin Feige and was like, is this okay? And then he, Kevin Feige apparently was like, well, uh, the Russo brothers put an F-bomb in Endgame. Oh, they took that out. But they took it out because they decided they decided they didn't want that to be their legacy. Are you okay with this being your legacy? Yeah. And James Gunn's response was, "Do you know James who the Gunn. Do you know who the fuck you're talking to?" Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great f bomb. It's in a great moment, and it's a it's a it's a fun f bomb. It's not a mean spirited one. Nice. It's just a it's it's the kind of scenario. Where anybody would drop that f bomb, yeah, <laughs> uh, because it's just such a frustrating scenario. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah. it was really funny, and it was a good part of the movie. Uh, and the movie has a really <laughs> amazing hallway fight. Oh, I love a, I love a good hallway fight. <laughs> it shows all the guardians' special ability. And nice. w- this is our third tangent, by the way. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Third tangent. Okay. Um, I have my rum somewhere, not nearby. Uh, I don't we have can any avoid li- it till the next episode. I don't episode. have any liquor on we me, can, but, but... Next episode. But, yeah. Uh, next episode, we have to take the shot <laughs> at the beginning episode. Anyways... What I really like about the movie is it has a lot of heartfelt moments. It's funny. And it, you know, in the previous Guardians movies, it kind of makes jokes out of the characters, kind of dumbs them down. Like Drax is just a dummy. He's just fun to laugh at and laugh with. Yeah. And like Mantis is, you know, quirky and silly and dumb. Star-Lord got really dumbed down in Infinity War. Yeah. But what I like this movie, it does that, but not too much. And you see these characters just be competent. They've been a team for a while now. Nice. They can like start. One of my favorite things about the movie that I think not enough people have really talked about. Star Lord is competent in this movie. Good. He doesn't do stupid shit. He's great in a fight. And um, good. My, they I, they kind of redeem his character after Infinity I hate War. when you have characters who are like, they're kind of silly and stuff. He's like the Han the, Solo in the first movie, but then and then in the subsequent movies they turn that into the entire character. So like, uh, two really good examples of characters that just got degraded as the franchise went on. One is Jack Sparrow in the mm, Pirates franchise. Oh yeah, he's if you watch. Curse of the Black Pearl, and also, you know, Dead Man's Chest. And and in the third movie, going from there, it gets worse and worse. Although the third movie is still okay. Um, well, in the first trilogy, it, the, the initial trilogy, it's pretty, it gets sillier, but he's still competent. He's yeah, still well, a good that, that's, fighter. That's he still comes thing. up they, with good plans. They imply throughout all of those movies, the, the first three, especially the first two more Yeah, so, definitely the first two. Um, that he's not... An just, idiot. Yeah, he's not an idiot. He's not just getting lucky. He is, and and not just uh, he's making shit up as he goes. Yeah. They imply like and the moment he walks into a room, he's analyzing the room to see how he can escape. And you see exactly, you know? honestly, you see exactly that with Star Lord yeah. in this one. But all the characters, you know, they all get their moment to shine. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, it's the, a uh, re- rewarding movie. The the other it's, character that comes to mind as a character that is really really competent in the first movie, and it just gets they. I don't think they ever portray him as not competent at all, but they they lean more and too much into the silliness as it goes on. Is Rick O'Connell in the Mummy franchise? Um, uh, Brendan Fraser's Brendan character? Fraser's character. Because in the first movie, yeah, he's Brendan Fraser. He's silly, but he's also like. A really skilled gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And yeah. as the franchise go on, like, yeah, he can still handle himself handle himself in a fight, but they start ignoring the competent part of him and leaning into the silly part of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's it's nice to see characters who are just anyways, do you have anything competent. about space? I can grab that shot if you have something to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah, you go grab that shot. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk. keep it going. I'm gonna talk. You better keep it going. You better talk. I'm gonna talk. Um, yeah, I, he's I, just gonna. I mentioned the James Hub, James Webb Space Telescope, not the James Hubble Telescope. Different. Thing. James Webb. James Webb. <laughs> um, uh, launched uh, a little over a year ago, and it's just brought us some really cool stuff. So I've got a. I've got a list here from sciencefocus.com. They're uh, related to the BBC, I believe. 
Um, and this is uh, some just cool stuff that the James, Hub, James Webb Space Telescope has discovered in the last year or so. Um, we, I mentioned already the, uh, the galaxies, the, the very distant galaxies that it's discovered, the 3,000 or so objects. Uh, mentioned that already, but a couple other cool things. Um, Jackson very briefly mentioned, but we didn't go into detail about uh, the the new shots that it picked up of like the uh, the um, nebulas, the you know the pillars of creation, that that sort of thing. And this is really cool because it's been able to create a capture. Thank you, Jackson. It's been able to capture such detailed images of like the pillars of creation. So before we had some pretty cool images before, but they were like you know, as best as we could do. But the what the the James Webb telescope has been able to do is create capture images that have some actual depth in the clouds and the nebulas and what we can see. And we can actually, it gives us a better idea of things that we can actually, like actually seeing stars being created, which is absolutely amazing. Um and uh, Jackson, we're gonna post some of these images. I got some fantastic images here from the from the telescope here that we are going to definitely um, like. Like, look at that! Look at that shit, Jackson. Pillars of creation. That's wild. Oh yeah, but uh, this is gonna be a fun one for our Instagram. I'm gonna post a ton yeah. of our G- the James Webb images. In fact, I'm gonna go back to that for my background. I used that as my background for a while. It's pretty. Most people it's have pretty cool background. Yeah, it makes a good <laughs> good wallpaper. Makes you feel smart. But these are like 4K. Open. I up. mean, it's really well. Yeah, what I was saying is like what's important about these images is uh, there's it's. That's enough fidelity that it's able to actually capture depth in these nebulas, which means we're more e- easily able to see kind of what's a little bit of what's going on in these. So it's like the closest we've gotten to being able to see like stars being created, which is just wild. I mean, that's science fiction shit. But it's not fiction, Colton. I was literally watching Doctor Who the other day, and there was a whole plot arc about a Dalek who became good because it witnessed a star being born. A star is born. Yeah, it saw Lady Gaga in concert. <laughs> it saw the movie. Um, <laughs> but no, no, it's 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 science fiction stuff. Um, uh the telescope has allowed us to to observe some new exoplanets, which are pretty cool. Uh, there's one that it found. It's um, it's it's actually uh, kind of in our solar system, kind of not. It's okay. Uh, Outer edges of our solar. Yeah, system? it's about a hundred times further than Earth is from the sun. But it's about twelve times the mass of Jupiter. Damn, and Jupiter is so pretty damn it's big. A pretty freaking big uh, exoplanet. I think it's actually like that close. I could be, I could be mistaken. Um, I'm probably mistaken. okay. What about it though? Besides oh, it's just cool. Big. It's just cool stuff that the gen- the telescope has been finding. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. 
that that that's mostly really cool stuff from this list. Uh, again, uh, sciencefocus.com. It's BBC. Uh, I like BBC stuff. Oh yeah, BBC I British really, podcast. I really want to watch uh, Prehistoric Planet too. You can also watch Doctor Who on BBC. Yeah, you can also watch it on HBO. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, nice. soon to be Max Disney Plus. Oh, Disney acquired it. Disney is bringing, they're bringing Doctor Who to Disney Plus. Nice. Starting nice. with the new David Tennant coming back, uh, three episode uh, event thing. It's going to be on Disney Plus. Oh. But it's currently. He, which doctor is he? Uh, he, he was the 10th doctor, and they're doing a 60th anniversary special where he is coming back for three whole episodes. Nice. As. The 14th Doctor, and then I assume he's going to regenerate after those three episodes into the actual new Doctor, who is, I don't remember the guy's name, but they cast him and revealed the actor, and he seems like he'll be cool. Um, I'm not up to date, actually, on Doctor Who. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of catching up right now. Um, as we speak, I've been watching Doctor Who during this whole episode. I know he has. I've been watching him yeah. watch it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what type of rum is this? Yeah, so to end this episode, <laughs> I think, I mean, there's plenty of more that we could talk about with space, but we're getting a little swifty here, and we don't know a lot about this stuff, and I don't want to keep talking about things I don't know, because it's hard to explain it when it's you don't It's dangerous know getting it. into topics that we're not um, knowledgeable but about. But space is really cool, and there's a lot out there hard to comprehend but you know it's a lot of fun as well yeah anyways we're gonna end this episode here in a second uh, and we're gonna end it in a classic fashion we're gonna take a shot because we got our three tangent points mm. yep there's a little fast and furious <laughs> talking there guardians of the galaxy talking there anytime fast and furious comes up that should be like automatic that's an automatic shot <laughs> that should be, be an automatic shot is that our new rule if I, ever, if I ever say the words if i ever say the name vin <laughs> diesel in an episode that's a shot <laughs> god help us if we ever actually decide to cover the fast and furious franchise commentaries mm. <laughs> well not yet though it'd feel like we're copying uh mr sunday movies uh, Weekly oh, Planet. Oh, they did cover that, didn't they? They've been they've been, they've been on Caravan of Garbage doing all the Fast oh. and Furious movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I got my new background now. It's sick. Is it the? Is it's it the, the Carina Nebula captured Ooh. by the James Webb Telescope? Nice. Anyways, yeah, I got it. Oh, I think that might be one of the images on my TV. I, I got some like Ooh, outer cool. space YouTube. Yeah, I've been digging going it going on. Yeah, just to get us in the mood. Anyways, yeah, I've got a uh, classic rum that's been on the podcast for a while now. Bamboo rum from. Ooh, uh, we had, I had a guy Jamaica. asking about bamboo rum at the store the other day. He was asking me about it. It's really good stuff. I'd recommend it. Yeah, he didn't. Um, we he didn't. We don't carry it, but he was like asking me about good rums, and he was like, "I tried this one the other day. It's like." I, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it had like a cross on it. I'm like, bamboo. Bamboo. That's what yeah. you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, just a quick explanation of its flavor profile. Yeah, it's still rum, but it's on the, it's a bit on the sweeter side, vanilla mm. forward, uh, nickname in high school. And um, <laughs> just, just, it's just 
breeze through that joke. It's there. very easy to, yeah, <laughs> you know, just You've speed run it. it. Yeah, yeah, we've heard it before. Yeah, uh, it goes down easy. It's smooth. It's just really good. It's one of my go-tos now. I still like Plantation. Don't get me wrong. If you want a more traditional, you know, we haven't uh, had Plantation on the podcast flavor. in a while. We'll have to get some of that soon. Um. I recently just finished my Plantation 20-Year Reserve. Ooh, that's good stuff. I, I, I let that last for a while. Yeah, that's a, I had a bottle of that, too, and it took me a while to finish it. Yeah. Well, when you spend that much on liquor. I mean, and for us, $60 is for us, a good a amount yeah. on liquor. <laughs> I don't like spending a lot on that kind of stuff because I'm like, hey. I think the most I've ever spent on liquor I mean, is about 75 bucks. Yeah, because. That was a bottle of scotch. I don't know. Like, I could spend more on it, but at the same time, I'm like, it's going down the drain ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything like that goes. Anyways, we're going to take our final shot here and end this episode. Be sure to check out the link tree in the description. Check out at all drunk pod on Instagram. Check out our Facebook group. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you would like us to talk about. Leave us a rating or review on your preferred platform. Download would also be nice. And just spread the word about the Odd Drunk Podcast. Check out Morning Oddities yes. every Monday morning. We're posting, what, 8 in the morning? 8 a.m. Morning, uh, Monday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain time. Mountain time. So, so that's, it's uh, at 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern, Eastern time. time. Yeah. 9 central. Anyways, keep it. Keep it swifty on the Odd Drunk Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take this shot right now. Oh. That stuff goes down real easy. Go, It goes down easy, but it lets you know that it, it's, a, it's a rum. Yeah, it, it goes down <laughs> real easy. That's it does. Shit. It's really tasty. Yeah. Really, really mm. tasty. Bamboo rum. Highly recommend it. Man, yeah. mix that with a little orange juice. It's like it's definitely orange. on the sweeter side as far as rums go. So if I know I know people out there who are not into sweet rums, so but this is a good one. Maybe maybe if you don't like the sweetness of rums, might maybe not quite the thing for you, but maybe still give it a shot. You see it at a bar, order a glass of it. You know, definitely, and then tip your bartender. Yeah, if they're a good yeah. bartender. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's it. We'll see you next week. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.
What are you still doing here? It's the end of the show. Oh my god, don't look at me like that. Don't oh. say that. Oh. Oh. You talking to Jackson like that? Oh my god, you're really oh you're really giving me. You need to apologize right now. You're hurting his feelings. You're hurting my feelings a little bit too by proximity. Mm. There's just bad feelings. Don't going hurt around. our feelings by proximity. There's just uh, bad feelings going around the whole room, and it's you making know, us all very emotional. If you don't want to hurt our feelings <laughs> by proximity of listening to us, even though we can't hear what you're saying or doing anything, <laughs> follow us at Instagram while I'll drink pod. That'd be cool. Anyways, see you next week. Stop listening. Do something. Anything.